0: Warning, this show covers various real-life topics that some listeners may find disturbing and or triggering. Please note that these topics are spoken on in order to drive public discourse and are not meant for malicious intent. All opinions are mine and mine only. Viewer discretion is advised. What up, what up, what up? This is your boy Roy, and you are now tuned into Back to Center Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to life, love, and the millennial struggle. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It's my day off, so I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and come out with a surprise episode. I think if I decide to do two episodes per week, it might be something good, so we'll see how this goes. But enough talking about that. As per usual, we got a lot to talk about. Starting off with McDonald's baby mama drama, we got Roe versus Wade, The Fallout Continues. Back to Center needs more guests, so we're going to talk about that. That and the main topic of conversation today life comes at you fast we're gonna cover social anxiety and imposter syndrome so you already know what to do pour one up kick back and sit back because the show starts now <laughs> check this out real quick. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in, but I also want to let you know there's a new way to support. Feel free to go into the description section of this podcast episode and click the donate button and donate what your heart desires. Thank you so much. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're listening to this. If it's in the morning and you're at work right now, that kind of sucks because the weather is fucking perf. Yeah, you heard me right. I said that's fucking perf. But yes, the weather is perfect here in New York. It's a very sunny day. Hopefully, if you are a New Yorker, you get some time to enjoy yourself. And, you know, hopefully your week has been going well. I know it's been uh, pretty hectic over here on this side as far as work and productivity has been concerned. So I can only imagine for the hard workers out there and for those that are grinding and surviving, I'm pretty sure it's been a little hectic for you. So hopefully this weekend provides a nice little respite. You get some chance to uh, get a chance to relax and, you know, get a chance to, uh, Get back to center, more or less. So before I dive into today's topic, I just wanted to say, as per usual, a usual thank you for tuning in and stopping by. But also, I've been thinking about doing two episodes per week. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out with my schedule, but I figured if people are willing to listen, I might as well provide more content if possible. So I'm not going to guarantee that you will see two episodes a week consistently going forward in perpetuity. However, what I will say is you will see extra episodes such as this one pop up from time to time. So one thing I would definitely suggest if you are not subscribed to the podcast, feel free to go ahead and subscribe real easily. All you have to do is just subscribe or follow us on the Apple podcast or whatever station that you're listening to us on. You could find us literally everywhere. I mean that we're like everywhere. Uh, But anyway, here's what I want to get into for the first topic. I want to talk about baby mama drama. And this is kind of like a continuation of last week's conversation. Last week, we talked about abortions and we talked about, you know, just parent, uh, parenthood or, you know, just the the idea of becoming a parent or the understanding that some of us aren't ready to become a parent. Um, Here we have a very clear example of that. And I'm not even going to dive into the conversation. I actually have the content, right? Thankfully, it's not copywritten content, so there is no fair use warning that I have to put out here. But I definitely want to showcase this now. Before I do, I also want to preface that someone did mention that this was potentially a skit or the response to this was potentially a skit. I don't have the response for that reason. I want to focus on the main piece of content at hand, not because I'm being selective in my conversation, but because I want to highlight this as an overall umbrella point that a lot of single, well, stepdads, I can't really say single, but you know what I mean. A lot of stepdads go through from time to time when they decide to take on women with children. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. and Let me say this really, really clear. It's not a slight against you, single moms. I was raised by a single mom. Conversation as to how that happened is quite a lengthy one. But what I will say is, Being a single parent, regardless if you're a single dad or a single mom, makes being a parent a lot harder. And then when you compound that with other children from other wedlocked you know, engagements that you had throughout the years, again, that compounds the issue. So let me go ahead and broadcast this piece of content for you guys. And like I said before, you don't have to take my word for it. Just listen to this.
1: My friend? What do you mean? Okay, what about my other kids? What about your other kids? Yeah. Okay, but them your kids' siblings though. So what are you talking about? What are you Them my about? kids, them your kids' siblings though. So what you so he finna- my other kids finna be left out. You didn't feed them? You know I don't give my full sense to the seven. Lisa, how is that my problem?
0: But if you're trying to help out though?
1: You're I'm, not I'm helping not, out. I'm not
0: trying
1: to help. I'm trying to help my son. My but how mom. are you helping your son when well, you're only getting care for, food for just him and not the other kids, his siblings? Lisa, you have them to, are his siblings Lisa, though. To He's not finna to eat in front of all his other siblings, and they're well, not eating on me McDonald's. No. Him, Why him do him I gotta put? My, bring him out to the car. I'll let him no, 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 no. He's not finna to eat that at all if you can't bring enough for everybody. So you're telling me that I gotta so when I buy my bring my son food, I gotta bring your kids food too now? Yes. You so dumb how is that sh- dumb you sound dumb. You, have, sound dumb you sound dumb nobody told you to talk to mother you have them other kids they, they were your responsibility they're not my responsibility okay but if you're gonna bring one you need to bring it for all please, please, how do that sh- look that please, i'm letting one please, child eat mcdonald's and all the rest of the kids can't eat no fucking mcdonald's so you know i get food stamps forward, on the 11th. That ain't three kids that ain't yeah dare like head sibling you days. knew what you was getting into when you had a baby with me no, the I didn't. yes you did okay but you still had a baby with me who have kids but, with but other people I'm i still have other kids because i'm exposing everybody me. think you such a, motherfucking good a good daddy no you're not no you're not you're foolish and it's bullshit. you only come here with one piece of food for one child the child that's mine silly no that's dumb that you can't feed the other kids don't feed nobody at if all then he can't had, take that he mean. can't eat it maybe if you had one or two i can like you know maybe you got it's four it's three extra kids what the like to
0: my okay so real quick before i even dive into <laughs> what you guys just heard first of all let's get one thing clear and one thing out the way right now If you have multiple kids by multiple baby daddies, those kids are your responsibility. And every kid, in respect to their father, is each their own respective responsibility. So, yes, mom, you have to take care of all those kids. But those respective fathers, in theory, should be taken care of their children. Well, actually, in theory, you should be just having one child with one person. But, you know, in today's world, that's not really how it goes. And, you know, the odd thing is, it's like people don't give a fuck. Like I had this conversation with my brother once and we were talking about children, uh, my brother, Jerry, to be exact. And we were talking and I was like, you know, Jerry, I, it seems like you can't pull a pizza out of the oven the way your pullout game is because you've gone three for three in having children with women that you didn't see a future with. And his reply to that was, you know, you can't plan for a child. And I thought to myself, how the fuck is this idiot, my brother? Like, how? And (laughs) I'm joking, of course, but honestly, like, how do you not plan for a child? Somebody make that make sense to me. How do you not plan for a child? Because it's almost as if we, it's almost as if society considers abortion a contraceptive. And I know that's like a really far out tangent as far as the topic at hand, but there's some relativity to it, obviously because of children. But what I want to say as a a subsidiary of this conversation is that we see, obviously everyone has the right to choose, you know, your body, your choice. Again, like I said in the last episode, I'll go ahead and say that again. But if you're considering abortion as a contraceptive, or as like a, a backdoor solution, I think again, like I said before, there are so many other options before you know, you actually do that. And I think when we, can, when we talk beyond that point, forget the idea of the abortion. Now let's talk about having the children. Now you have 18 or 24 or shit in today's society, you have damn near 30 years of responsibility that you know you have to bear. And if you're a single mom, you kind of have to bear that on your own. But now flipping this conversation to the dad that plays interim, who plays in between all of this, and going back to the the clip that I provided, here's what I want to say to that. I think both of them are wrong. Obviously, the situation in itself are wrong, but both of them are equally wrong. Because here's the theory. What, to my understanding, if you're going to be a stepdad and you're going to play that role... I would almost assume that you're also going to be taking care of the rest of the children as well. So under the assumption that that was something that he was doing at the beginning and kind of just stopped halfway through, then that's a slight on his part. You can't just start doing something for all those kids and then all of a sudden stop doing it. And I mean, the the funny thing is like the memes that are shown for example, there's like some bunch of kids in Africa like one of them's eating a burger and like the rest of them are just like standing there starving just staring at this kid and that's just one example of many other means but the reality of that is actually kind of disheartening because if you really think about it regardless of how you think about the treatment of children that aren't yours in those situations the children have no option but to resent the beneficiary of whatever the parents have provided so that kid is going to be judged by the rest of them for you know, for a very long time, if that were to be the case. Now, on the flip side, if he was taking care of his child and his child alone, already with the fact that those kids were being, you know, perhaps they were being taken care of by their their fathers or being taken care of by the mother, then there's nothing wrong here. I don't see how, and this goes for the greater society, I don't see how you can judge a man for taking care of his child, but not taking care of three other people's children. That's fucking crazy. I mean, we're not running a a daycare, you know? I mean, and on top of that, being a stepdad is, it's not glamorous, you know? So I I think this gentleman was fully in his right to simply provide a meal for his child because that's his fucking child. Now, the bigger picture, I think both of them are wrong the simple fact that it doesn't seem like either of them are financially astute and this isn't me passing judgment it is me passing judgment but i think in a, a healthy function because she herself mentioned that you know she doesn't get food stamps until like the 15th or whatever the fuck the case is and i'm not judging anyone on food stamps but i would definitely take a look at my life if i had four children one baby daddy taking care of one child and I was unable to provide food for them. I would definitely take a look at my life. And I wouldn't do anything drastic, but I would seriously come up with a plan to get myself out of that situation. But thinking about it beforehand, you know, you could easily just avoid that situation by wearing a condom. And again, this falls on the guys. Look, I, I did a poll the other day. 47% of the men that, that uh, picked an option on the poll, they're going raw ski for life. 47% of you are going raw ski for life. Dog, you're crazy. You're fucking crazy. Listen, I understand if you're in an exclusive relationship. Yeah, sure. I guess that kind of makes sense. That's something I did. I mean, look where it got me. But seriously, on if you're, again, like I said this in my Instagram story, side note, feel free to follow me on Instagram. Instagram handle is roy.fit. And also feel free to uh, follow the Back to Center podcast As well, follow our Instagram. Uh, Instagram will be in the description. But, anywho, um, if you're going to have casual sex, guys, particularly guys, I mean, women, obviously, you should be protecting yourselves as well. But, guys, if you're going to be having casual sex with multiple sex partners, do yourself a favor and just wear a condom. Just do us all that favor because say you don't and you're not financially ready to have a child, you're going to end up propagating more children. Into the system, right? Which everyone loves to exclaim the fucking, uh, what is it, school to prison pipeline or whatever the fuck the pipeline is. You're contributing to that if you're bringing other humans in this world that are not properly equipped. And it starts at birth and it starts at the home. And as much as we don't like to agree with this, at least some of us, I truly do believe, and this is coming from someone who's lived in a single mother household, I do believe the father is paramount. Because, like, I had to learn all this man shit on my own. I had two brothers who couldn't provide me any information because they went through the same ordeal. I had a mom who's obviously a mom and is not a dad. And then I had a whole host of other, like, mentors and Boy Scout commanders throughout my years during the Boy Scouts. Side note, ladies, I'm very good with rope. Shout out to Boy Scouts. Um But, you know, I've had a whole host of, like, these ad hoc mentors and shit to try and teach me all this man shit. And then finally, I had to look at other people's examples and then try to craft my own values and all of these things. So I think if there's a, an astute father at home who's a real leader, this isn't to say women can't lead, but it's two different things. It's two different functions when you have a man leading versus a woman leading. And the only time I've ever experienced a, a male leading, like a, an astute male who knows his shit and is very knowledgeable, is during football and during the Boy Scouts. And I'm thankful for both of those experiences because those are kind of the things that gave me the tools to get to where I am today. And yeah, I just think at the end of the day, listen, now you don't have the option. I mean, you do have the option. You just have to drive like hours away to get it. You know, you could still do what you got to do if it gets that drastic. But let us as a society not get there. Like if we're going to be stringent, on having sexual liberty, then we have to practice it responsibly. Because anything outside of that is, to be quite frank, unacceptable. And that's not from a, a classist perspective. I just think, as a whole, like you're doing society a, a disservice, you know. But anyway, we'll talk more about that later on. But One thing I wanted to say before we get to the break. Back to center needs more guests. I'm just going to be upfront, going to be honest. I mean, it's not really like that serious. Um, But yeah, back to center needs more guests. I want to start interviewing some interesting people. And, you know, I want to start having more conversations. I think it's great that I have this uncanny ability to produce a, a very extended monologue that people actually want to listen to kind of weird sometimes. But I do want to also have extended dialogue with other like-minded people, people that I think are very interesting, that are doing interesting shit, so on and so forth. So if you are that person, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to send me an email at back to center podcast at gmail.com. The description or, you know, the spelling of it will be in the description, obviously. But I'm looking for at least 20 people that I could interview slash have a conversation with over the course of this year. So again, if that's you, feel free to send me an email or alternatively, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at ROY.fit. And I know I say this all the time, the username will change at some point. Um, so if it seems like I disappeared, I didn't, I just changed my username. All right. So with that being said, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how fast life can come at you when you're working. But in a weird sense, the things that you've wished for and have worked for instantly turn into things you feel you don't deserve, thus giving way to imposter syndrome. So we're going to talk about that and social anxiety when we come back from the break. This is your boy Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast.
2: Yeah, I still got anxiety, that's why I keep it on me Sometimes I feel like I can't trust no one around me There's another side of me, but I don't even show it Cause I got way too many people eating off me Been through depression, and I learned my lessons. So I count my blessings and run it out But I still got anxiety, that's why I keep it on me Sometimes I feel like I can't trust no one around me Cause I got anxiety Money. You ain't get that pain. Yeah, and it don't No one around me There's another side of me But I don't even show it Cause I got way too many people Ain't enough me Been through depression And I learned my lesson So I got my blessings And run it up. But I still got anxiety That's why I keep it on me Sometimes I feel like Can't trust no one around me Cause I got anxiety I gotta look. Like- Trust no
0: one around me, Cause I got anxiety Welcome back ladies and gentlemen That track was Anxiety by Koi Ray. I feel like I'm saying her name wrong But I'm also going to be transparent here and say that That is probably like, well at least in my opinion The only good song she has But anyway, that's besides the point I think it's a good song because it's very fitting for the conversation That I want to have with you right now And more importantly, I want to cover these topics Because it appears as though This is not just my situation in my scenario, right? So allow me to have a uh, therapy session with you. And I I guess this portion will be just part of me venting, but in a way that you can also relate as well. So here goes nothing. So I feel like, I feel like my life has been moving at about a thousand miles a minute ever since 2021. And the reason why I say that is because when I first When I first left Equinox, that's when I really first started my entrepreneurial journey. Entrepreneurial journey, excuse me. Um, And then COVID happened. But in the midst of all that, I had lost my second brother. So I feel like I've been compounding things and they've just been building through time. But I don't have the time to process trauma because everything is moving so fast. I have so much work to do. That I'm just compartmentalizing it. So that's one part of the equation. The second part of the equation is this unnecessary imposter slash social anxiety that I feel because I was like 260 pounds a couple of years ago, and now I'm 164 pounds, I'm modeling and for me, I, I'm not going to lie, I did not expect something like this to happen. And I don't want this to come off as arrogant or like, oh, Serge just thinks he's, you know, the man now. So he's just explaining himself in this fashion. But no, from a more from a realistic, human, transparent sense, being the kid that always got made fun of, being the kid that always got bullied, beat up, you know, whatever, you name it. I remember one time I was walking to 7-Eleven. And a bunch of kids just started throwing raw eggs at me because, you know, because I was black because of my skin tone, you know, screaming nigger down the block. So it's like there are a lot of things that happened in my life that kind of contorted my image of myself. But as I've gotten older, I've realized not only am I a talented individual, not to tune my own horn, I'm also a good looking individual, too. But here's the problem. I've spent more time as the underdog being bullied, being made fun of, being judged, this, that, and the third than I have being the new version of me. So I'm trying to redefine my identity, my values and, you know, everything that I believe in, all while still trying to, you know, put the work in day in day out. Like I went from almost I went from literally being on unemployment to six figures and now having a side business on top of that and on top of everything else that I do. And that happened in a span of 2 years. Like literally 2018, I made $19,000. <laughs> and you know some people actually make that and that's you know that's like the most they've ever made but yo I made $19,000 that year and fast forward now I have got you know I don't want to bring up you know money but everything is just happening so fast and there are a couple of projects in the background that it's like holy shit if this happens you know everything that I've wanted is actually going to happen and for me that's a scary feeling not in the sense of that um uh, that I can't make it, but a sense of like, damn, how like, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, how did I get to this point? And that's one of the topics I wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring up two topics. The first one, the most important one is imposter syndrome. Um, and then social anxiety is also important, but that's more for like the latter conversation. I want to talk about imposter syndrome because... When I think about my career, that's the last part of the equation. my career, I'm, I've been throttled more or less into somewhat of a leadership role. whether that be in term, we'll find out as time goes on. But for now, being thrown into a leadership role has really changed a lot for me as well and I'm starting to think like on my again, on my end, I'm thinking to myself like, how the fuck did I pull this off? Like how did I do this? I, all I know is that I just wanted something. That's it. I wanted something, and I decided to go ahead and try to put the work in, and it worked. And I think that's part of my my fear and, and part of the imposter syndrome. It's like, damn, this shit actually worked? Like, holy fuck, now what? You know, so imposter syndrome. I was curious enough to want to learn more about it and figure out what it is. This way I can create a, a good enough podcast that you can relate to. Uh, specifically this episode, right? So I, I looked it up and went through all the definitions and I've come up with my own definition based off of what everyone else has said. And I think this definition is very concise and it gets to the point very easily. So I'll go ahead and read it for you now. So imposter syndrome is a term used to define the feeling of guilt or shame in regards to an achievement, a certain achievement. The individual may feel as though they do not deserve recognition for their actual earned achievement, but instead feel incredible amounts of professional or social fraudulence. Best examples of this would be Maya Angelou and Albert Einstein. Both felt as though they were frauds, and in fact, Maya Angelou has been uh, quoted, quote, I run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. Uh, Einstein himself considered himself an involuntary swindler whose work didn't deserve as much attention as it received. So you might be thinking to yourself like, all right, well, I've had moments of self doubt or moments of imposter syndrome, but I'm no Maya Angelou or no Albert Einstein. And shit, man, I agree. My imposter syndrome honestly is unwarranted because in the grand scheme of things, and this is me, perhaps this is just me downplaying it, but I don't feel as though I'm doing anything of that importance. And that's where the imposter syndrome comes in, right? So how do we relate? Although their achievements are in fact astronomical in comparison to our own, the feelings are still synonymous within each individual. We all equally have bouts with pluralistic ignorance, which is where we doubt our own abilities and believe we are alone because no one else voices their own doubt. And that leads to imposter syndrome. So I had wrote a little tidbit here in my personal notes as I was reflecting before I did this uh, episode. And what I wrote here was, I haven't gotten used to who I am now just yet. Part of me is trying to redefine my identity as things move forward. I never expected to be a podcaster, model, or account executive. All these things just came via necessity when I needed to make changes. And crazier of all, what I wished for came faster than I thought it would. So now when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm not sure which version of me is looking back. And I think that might be profound for a lot of people because you might have found yourself during COVID changing, shifting. You know, your interests are no longer your interests, your prior interest. They've now evolved into something else. Maybe you've outgrown friendships, relationships, whatever the case may be, you have now gotten yourself to a point that is higher than where you were but you're not used to it yet. So I was thinking about, I. this is a challenge for me, this and social anxiety. And the social anxiety part I think is a bit a bit bigger than imposter syndrome because I can still function even though I do feel the imposter syndrome. I know in the back of my mind I do have the skills and the tools, as well as you should think this also, but I do have the skills and the tools in order for me to get the job done. So. I feel less, less, uh, I guess, downtrodden in regards to finding a solution for imposter syndrome than I do for social anxiety. And when I think about my social anxiety, I think it stems from when I used to get bullied and made fun of, whether that be with my former friend group or, you know, just in school, just being bullied by bullies. Having other people's opinion of me, even at home, you know, just having... You know, your parents come up with, like, these weird fucking comments about you and shit. And that put, again, it put the thought in the back of my mind that I'm consistently being judged. And I think modeling and making music just amplifies those things, especially as a creator. If if you're doing any creative endeavor, you will find yourself being judged time and time again. You'll find yourself being judged by your counterparts in the the art world, the art scene, wherever, you know, you see you, you fit. And then you'll also be judged by people that ain't doing shit. Like not doing a goddamn thing. People are armchair quarterbacks. They have their own opinions for shit that they never do. And yet they have the nerve to try and give you an opinion on how you should conduct your shit. And I think because I've been exposed to that for decades on decades, and I've only been alive for like two of them, but because I've been exposed to it for that long, it's now embedded this feeling in my brain that people are just constantly judging me. No matter where I go, no matter what I do. I find myself now having anxiety at the gym, which is very odd, you know? And ironically enough, something that amplifies that anxiety is actually being noticed in the streets based off of the work that I've done from a modeling perspective. Like for example, I got noticed for a shot that I did for a company called Defurio, And you know, I was just minding my business on the train. This person noticed me and you know, they mentioned it. And although I was happy in a way, I was also kind of nervous because I was like, damn, that means a lot of people that I don't know, know me. Who the fuck is out there that probably knows me? And uh, you know, it's not setting off a series of paranoia, but it's definitely gotten me thinking. And I think because I'm an overthinking kind of person to begin with, I just naturally have started thinking about worst case scenarios, which is not good. So I have to work on my social anxiety, but going back to the imposter syndrome, I've got three tips here that could help us with our imposter syndrome. Because let's be real, we deserve to be where we are. We have worked hard, we have studied hard, we've applied the knowledge, we've done the things that we need to do in order to get to that next step. So there's no reason for us to feel like we don't belong where we want to be. Because we worked for it. It wasn't just given to us. Every step of the way, there was a lesson, a little bit of pain, no matter which direction you went in, you felt it. So the number one tip I have is, and this is a a two-part tip for the first one, is understand you, in fact, do belong there. And obviously, you understand you belong there because by the way of just things work, like, okay, I qualify for this, so this is what happens. But from an esoteric sense, not like a, oh, I tripped and fell, into this thing. More like a, no, I'm supposed to be here. There's a reason why my thought pattern gravitated towards this idea. There's a reason why my work ethic is amplified when I apply it to this idea. There's a reason why I network harder when I think of this idea and I'm in this space with other counterparts like me. So you're there for a reason. Don't ever forget that. And the sub of that part of this tip is acknowledge and accept your quirks. One thing that's kind of helped me get over my imposter syndrome is that a, it takes nothing to learn, right? So if you feel like perhaps you're lacking in the skill department, the good news is you could learn and apply yourself so long as you're willing to do so. And when I say accepting your quirks, I mean, don't try to think of every perfect example and think you need to emulate that. Like so many times, we think of our idols and our heroes and we try to be exactly like them. Now, success does does leave clues. However, that does not mean you have to go word for word, step for step of your hero or the person that you look up to. At the end of the day, it is on us to take these templates, redefine them, using the foundation, but make it our own. It's not just about following directions. Life is about making your own rules within the context that has already been laid out. That's the beauty of life. Life inherently has no meaning, but the beauty is that you can create your own meaning. So essentially, within the context, within the gigantic structure, the natural laws that we have in the earth, you can create your own universe within that. So that's what I'm saying. It's not a matter of being a carbon copy. It's about taking what you've learned, what you know, and now making it yours. And even if what you made doesn't look like the standard, did it get the job done? Then by all means, fuck it. As time goes on, you can refine your skills. You could refine your approach. Anything that it takes to get to that next level is necessary and it's fine. But just remember along the way that it also has to be yours. You know, so that's something I think could help with imposter syndrome. Now, the next tip is kind of a, just, a, a you know, one tip. It's not multi-layered like the last one, um, but that tip would be talk about it. You know, for me, talking is, it's more than a means of communication. For me, it's a way of expression. It's a way of revealing. It's a way of admittance. There's so many different layers to speech that we take it for granted, like, Right now, what I'm doing serves two functions. This is therapeutic for me. At the same time, you can get something from this as well. So the little nuggets that are dropped, or whatever you resonate with, are yours. Therefore, you receive something, and in a weird sense, I get to free myself of what I thought were my previous ills, right? Like, talking about my social anxiety or talking about my imposter syndrome, whether that be a podcast format or with, you know, my cohort, those things help me process these emotions a lot easier. And I know as men, uh, specifically, we don't like to admit that we have to process emotions because it does make us sound weak to some degree. You know, sound slash seem weak, which is what I wanted to say, but to some degree, it does make us look... um, a lot more feeble, right? However, I think if we were to appreciate and understand the power of having a network, the power of being able to talk to somebody, whether that be, you know, a paid therapist or a friend group, those things can help you in more ways than one. So both men and women, don't be afraid to share how you feel with the people that you trust. You know, talking about your anxiety, or your imposter syndrome with someone you can trust not only eases your tensions, but you may find common ground and realize you're not alone. So don't take it for granted. If someone's willing to listen, it's probably best to open up. No one says you have to reveal deep, dark, personal information, but for the things that are at top of mind, top level thinking, top level conversations, I think it's worth it. So the third and final tip I have here is be fearlessly confident. Now, this is one that I have trouble with because growing up when I guess I was in my like finding myself phase and I was getting good at certain skills or certain abilities, whenever I would mention something to my former friend circle, it would always come off as if I'm bragging. And, you know, granted, whatever I was doing wasn't at the skill that it is now. But even then, you know, people found a need to kind of knock my hustle, so to speak. So... I think now as I get older, I've come to the decision because there's only two ways about this. You can either succumb to the idea of what other people think about you, which lately is something I've been succumbing to and I've been struggling with, you know, just to be transparent. We're all human. Um, Or you can go for the option here, which is be fearlessly confident. Or I think what other people would deem to be arrogant for you is just a firm belief in self. Now that's going to look different for everybody And to be completely honest with you Some people will think you're an asshole Because who are you to be so confident I don't feel that way How the fuck can you feel that way We're in the same room You're no different from me Or that's going to be the mindset Of those that look at you in such a manner But for you The important thing for you to realize is Your fearless, your fearless confidence Does not come from a place of arrogance Or a place that is unfounded In other words It's not like you don't have the data to back this up. Odds are, if you have imposter syndrome, it's because you achieved something. And now, if you achieve something, that means you had the skill and the aptitude to not, not only learn, but then also apply what you've learned in addition to your homegrown skills in order to obtain what you have obtained. So with all that said, be confident as fuck. Listen Kanye West is the most confident Motherfucker alive and he's batshit crazy And yeah you know he gets a lot Of flack from like literally everyone Especially the armchair people Of the Facebook community like the Facebook Homegrown variety Karens They always got some shit to say about Kanye Or just anyone who hasn't really achieved much, much ha- Always has something to say about Kanye West But I like to think in that vein Perhaps I'm also walking In that manner as well where it's like Yo there's so many things I want to do I cannot be afraid of being judged because if I'm afraid of being judged, nothing that I want to bring to life will be brought to life. And that's ultimately the problem. There's so many of us that are talented individuals, but are so caught up in what we think of like normal ass people. We have to, as, as creative people, let we there is a distinguish, <laughs> distinguish. There is a uh, distinguishing effect between those that are the creative types and those that aren't, or you know, whatever endeavor that you're doing, as long as you're putting work in, you're doing something, you are separating yourself from the pack. But just be aware that those that aren't doing anything that are like home all day, every day, not doing shit, eating Cheetos, watching TV, judging you, judging people, they will always have something to say about you, whether you're doing very well, or doing very bad. At this point, what I've come to realize, because whenever I talk about business, and I talk about my recent partnership, The people that I tell, I could easily tell who's happy for me and who's not because you'll see the expression and it it always comes from the people that aren't achieving anything versus the people that are achieving shit. When I talk to people who achieve shit in their life, I get, they hype me up. They support me. They they back me up 100% of the way. They're like, you know what, Serge, you're killing it. Keep doing what you're doing. They give me some advice. You know, it helps Uh, iron sharpens iron, which is why I love speaking to others that are doing things. However, when I tell, like, the typical layman who isn't really doing shit, it's always just, like, a dry, oh, that's nice, you know? And I guess it's because for a self-reflection in the back of their mind, they're like, damn, I'm not doing a shit with my life. But at the same time, though, I never mention those things to brag, right? I'm never saying, like, oh, look at how great I am. I just love being able to bounce ideas off of people, especially when I'm within the same cohort. But unfortunately, there will always be a clique of people who will judge you and consider you arrogant, whether you're talking about it from a place of humility and excitement, or if you're actually talking about it from a place of being a braggart. So regardless of the fact, be fearlessly confident. And the quote, the quip, excuse me, that I wrote here was, be fearlessly confident enough to believe people fuck with you. Be confident enough to believe you belong. And on top of that, I wanted to talk about the importance of seeing people that look like you to achieve great things, but also be willing to analyze the perspective that you've made it this far because you've showcased your talent, charisma, and knowledge, and you've earned where you are. Now, I already touched upon the latter, but let's focus on the former. Now, is it important that you see people that look like you in the fields that you want to be in? Sure. there's I have no argument there. You know, I can never I can never refute that. However, and here's the rebuttal, obviously. The rebuttal here is, be willing to step outside of that, that paradigm, that like sort of thinking, that, oh, I need to see someone who looks just like me or like within my phenotype in order to be successful. You absolutely do not. Listen, the reason why the Romans became one of the greatest civilizations is because of all the knowledge across the world, they managed to take, make their own, and reinvent it. And the civilization, Rome was popping till... I don't have the exact date, but Rome was popping for a long fucking time, right? Become your own Rome. Not, you know, travel in the path of self destruction due to sheer decadence. No, what I'm saying is become your own Rome. Like, be willing to learn from everyone, everything, whether it be Warren Buffett or fucking Al Sharpton. Well, Al Sharpton ain't got shit to say. I'm just going to be totally honest. Al Sharpton, from a political perspective, he is a race baiter. If you ask me, and this is another conversation for another podcast episode, but Al Sharpton is a fucking race baiter. You can't change my mind. You cannot change my mind. But anyway, be willing to learn from all these people, regardless, you know, and I I don't want to say this as if I was supporting him, but one of a Hitler's greatest talent was the ability to capture an audience. Again, I'm not saying what he did was right. What he did was absolutely monstrous and forever should be seared into our brains not only what he did, but who he did it to so we can prevent that from ever happening again. When we disassociate what Hitler did from Hitler himself, we then turn what he did into an act of mythical violence and assume that it can never be done again. It can. So we must always attach what happened to the person who started it, and it was him. But anyway, within all that, his greatest ability, and we could argue that, you know, Germany was weak and they needed a leader anyway, so essentially whoever was willing to speak up got the job. But what I want to say here is his ability to capture an audience was so prevalent in every speech, this man put his mind, body, and soul into it. Why was he able to deliver such good speeches? Because of his confidence. He was convinced 1000%, not only in his cause, but in his approach as to how he would have his quote unquote solution, which was no solution at all. But I say all of that to say is that somewhere in you, you need to be that confident to get to where you need to be, to become who you need to be. Regardless if you have all of the skills and the aptitude, that very little belief in yourself is enough to get the fire started to get it going. And again, using Hitler as this example, his auditory skills and his ability to speak is again, something worth being studied if you can get past his monstrosity. Again, not from the perspective that it was good, but looking at the skill sets that that man had because let's be quite honest to be a monster of that magnitude it does take skill to be anything of any great magnitude takes skill whether that be good or bad so there's something to be learned in every nook and cranny that you look so that's about it ladies and gentlemen hopefully you were able to understand the message that i was trying to say today Um, Outside of that I do want to say thank you once again for stopping by and listening we will be back tomorrow with our regular scheduled podcast episode that podcast episode is going to cover fitness and five key ways you could get started with your shred listen I know a lot of you have been grinding your ass off to get summer ready and it probably didn't happen just yet but we still got about two and a half months or so before you know the seasons change again so Tomorrow, we're going to talk about how we can get you in the best shape possible for these two months. Other than that, I hope you enjoy your Friday. Have a great day. Let's all be kind to one another. Not nice, because when you're nice, you get taken advantage of, but be kind to one another. Other than that, I'll let the jazz take you on the way out. This is some smooth jazz for you to listen to. Hopefully, you can listen to this on your way back home from work. So, Until next time, I'll be on to